0: Bay,
1: the Tampa Bay Bucks Super Bowl Fifty Five.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. I am joined by Scott Capron and Bo Danyard, all of the usual suspects, and we are here to provide our mid-season evaluation of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to do the same thing for the NFL as a whole, which will be nice for us. We've really exclusively talked Buccaneers, and when we first got our start, we were all about talking about the league as a whole. Um, And, yeah, I mean, lots to catch up on, boys. We've had some busy lives. We've been off the airwaves for a couple weeks. It's nice to see both of your faces, and uh, I'm happy to get right into it. I mean, Bucks came off. The last time we were on was when we previewed that Thursday nighter. Uh, Bucks lost to the Ravens, obviously. And then uh, flash forward to this past Sunday where it was a miraculous game winning drive by Tom Brady, the 55th of his career with no timeouts to win the game after another embarrassing offensive performance. Um, yeah. Now, you know, we're going to, we're going to generally, do, we, we'll touch on whatever we want to about that game first. Then we'll get into kind of our mid season shit. If that works for you boys. Um, and, you know with just based on the recency of it i mean this rams game is top of mind cuz they got a fucking win uh, yeah. and that, that felt miraculous um but i thought the defense played well actually i thought the oh. defense played really well and so. i think i think it's becoming clearer and clearer that the offense is the biggest problem here of course the d's had ups and downs but the offense has done them no favors at all you could almost
2: argue all of the like low points for this defense are just this offense putting them in horrible situations basically mm-hmm. um yeah, that's – like, I, I totally agree. The uh, defense is playing pretty well. Nice bounce-back week for them, for sure, after, like, some low-effort games, I would just say, to put it nicely. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think the thing that you're going to see on the defensive side of the ball is just them getting healthier and that helping. I think uh. one guy that definitely stood out for me um, that will probably I'll probably touch on a little bit later, uh, Vita Vea actually showing up and, and being a force in the trenches was – Woof. nice to see woof, woof. he's
0: awesome what a dog Bay is, Be-be is
1: yeah. awesome I didn't see the game live actually because I, I was flying back from a trip but um was able to watch the like extended YouTube package after to get um like kind of uh a sense for the actual tenor of the game and hey not to be negative to start that's an awesome win but look at what it took it took an unreal drive from Brady uh with the no t- timeouts and they needed a touchdown it's not like they needed the field goal to take the lead or a field goal to send it into overtime you know actually going in and scoring might it is the difference like between a field goal attempt like that might be 40 yards of field posi- or position to actually to actually go down and score versus just having a makeable field goal attempt right so awesome from brady but if they're playing any you know um passable offense in the league they lose again yeah. right like like the it, great the the bucks needed it felt like there was at least some sort of shift the momentum and like brady's press conference after the game i thought was pretty telling he looked happy and not and not just relieved that they won but satisfied and like really thinking it was a good win so that's great but the rams are a disaster which we could i would uh, would definitely like to touch on you know, later in the episode here, but fuck, I don't know, man. Another, another week, another result that I don't know what to make heads or tails of. Of course, it's good that they won. Offense was completely ridiculous again with how many times they're running on first down for net running into a brick wall, not being able to make anyone miss firing uh, left, which or Todd Bowles or, some combination of the two, however, it actually breaks down, seems to be trolling everyone and with and just deciding no, we're gonna do it. it it's it's truly remarkable, but I guess that's more of a macro look. Uh, from the micro side, they won the game and they gutted it out. And, you know, they haven't they haven't shown those guts in the last few in those in those couple of losses, right? Like with Carolina and Pittsburgh and, and even Baltimore in the second half there. So so at least at least we can we can, you know, positive based
0: on that yeah and Bo you said it off the top Vita Vea was yeah like sure their offense is shitty and their O line's banged up but then that's what you expect Vita Vea to do and he was absolutely dominant um, and that was <clears> the talk <throat> of the game from the announcers uh, and a couple other guys I thought were really great on that defensive side who have who have just continued to perform this year and that's Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean um those two guys, Levante had a game too, man, as he does. Yeah. Lavonte's awesome, quietly doing his thing always. Uh, and I thought Devin White looked a little better as well. Um and he's really come under under fire a lot lately. So, uh, we don't There's really... less
1: less scrutiny from Bucks Twitter uh, about Devin White compared to the uh, the Thursday nighter against Baltimore after this game against the Rams. That's well, for sure, from what like, I saw.
2: After a game like that, it kind of is very apparent. It's just like he has so much goodwill with this fan base. Like, literally all he has to do is try on each play. Yeah. And it's just like he just does. Did, he didn't do that for a game. And it was just a game or two, you could argue, right? Like, it's, it's tough to watch. Um, I will say, before we get too uh, excited about this defense, the Rams' offense is in shambles. Yeah. It's so oh my bad. God. Their offensive line is so bad, too. And Stafford is concussed now as a result of – almost directly as a result of that, I would say. Um yeah not like it's a win but it didn't like did i have fun watching a 29 point no. game against one of the the two best NFC offenses from last year no that wasn't that wasn't like the most enjoyable part of my sunday it's no. such a
1: great microcosm also for how quickly things change in this in this league more totally. than other it's like you know the, the, these two played in that awesome uh, divisional weekend or um, yeah divisional yeah, weekend divisible. game last year obviously right uh, in Tampa uh, quarterbacks look great you know coaches at the top of their game or however you want to put it and then the Rams Stafford looks dead they have no dynamic players on like, obviously Cooper Cup is really good and he obviously he had that huge that, that huge play but it's just different right he's, he's different than a lot of the other top receivers it's just, and combine that with the offensive line play, a running back that doesn't really scare you and it's it's like every 4-yard game for the Rams seems to like has to be drawn up perfectly, executed yeah. perfectly. It's just such a slog to watch them play. And hey, the, I mean I with that being said and then they were the perfect team that for Tampa to have to play that week, right? And uh, you know, they got by, by on the skin of their teeth, but at least they did it.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, just watching those two teams play, too. Like, offensive line is so important. Like, it's <laughs> oh and I've God. like when I when I was like thirteen years old, my profile or my little bio in my in my uh, Facebook profile said the offensive line is the most underappreciated position in sports. So this is coming from a guy who's like always had a deep appreciation for offensive line play, um, and I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm it's even more important than I thought. And you look at yeah. the Eagles, a team who's just built through the trenches, and look how dominant they are. It's a huge – like you can't succeed without an, a quality offensive line. And yeah. the way that Luke Gadecki has performed throughout the year, he's been the worst left guard in football. And it, I, we've talked about how it's a unit. And one if there's one bad egg, it's going to s- spoil the whole bunch, right? Or Yeah. Um, sure. We get you. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not the best at this. <laughs> anyway. um, but Nick Leverett, who came in and took Gedecky's spot due to injury or whatever reason, because the Bucs coaches haven't been clear that they're just handing him the reins because he's clearly far superior, he looked fantastic. And this was Brady's worst game, if, if you ask me, um, because in the previous games Brady had no choice; like he had to, he would have to throw it into the dirt a whole bunch of times because he just had no time and he 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 couldn't even make a second read before he's getting hit. This game, Nick Leverett comes in, and I I thought their offensive line did quite well, especially stepping up to a guy like Aaron Donald coming up the middle. Um, but Brady was still almost like he was so used to being pressured um, in the way he yeah. has been with Gedecky in there. It's like he was a little too frantic himself, pulling the trigger a little too early, throwing a couple plays dead. Just what I thought. I haven't rewatched the game or anything, but um, that was something that jumped out at me.
2: So Yeah, yeah. offensively, I think uh, – I guess you could say it was Brady's – Best worst game so far this season. I feel like he was still throw like making some big time throws and also like guys dropping balls again on him or being hit in the chest with it. Um
1: Also, they're in third and long all fucking game. Like what yeah, else? They're, is and, there? and they're the they're worst like, third
2: and long team in in the league
0: too. In, like in history, in, in history, in, history. <laughs> in yeah.
2: history of the league. Yeah, Byron um, Leftwich's
0: offense is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> the worst okay, third and long. Team. Yeah. Let's get I here.
2: texted you during the game call and, and uh, we both observed like Lenny, like the precipitous drop off of Lenny continues. Um, and I think we kind of like figured it out. We like diagnosed it. It seems like he's just like, he's trying to sell the screen on every play. Even when he gets <laughs> the ball, he just like, Pitter patters up to the line, and it's like even slower. Like I know he's do- he's done that, like going back to LSU. Like I think, like he's always just kind of been kind of shifty in the backfield. But it's like it's so much slower now, and it's just like you're not against this with this offensive line. It's just not possible for him to, to run with that style. And with uh, that's how a slow- great point,
0: and with how slow he is, this like yeah, like, twinkle toes not- bullshit. Four yards before you're even at the line of scrimmage. Like it's like I understand certain backs give you that change of pace and then they just like Camara might dance for a minute and then boom, he's gone. Or yeah, uh, you know, Levion. Le'Veon Le'Veon. Le'Veon, Le'Veon yeah, is the king yeah. of that for sure. Um but, but Lenny
2: needs Fortnite. like an eight yard he needs like an eight yard runway to get top he, speed. He, yeah. He needs
1: he needs the line to be up into that middle part of the middle part of the defense, like pushing linebackers back, and then he can get going and then he yeah. can st- he can make someone miss, but a lot or of needs to happen home. before that. Yeah. He'd,
0: he'd be better off. He would honestly be more successful this year. I, I forget what it is, 2.6 yards a carry. He would be more successful this year if he closed his fucking eyes and ran to the gap that he's supposed to go to.
2: Yeah.
0: I swear to yeah. God. He just jumps out of gaps nonstop. Yeah, and, and he and he's making terrible reads. Like, he, yeah. like there, there's a lot of plays. Uh, Josh Capo from Pewter Report, good friend of the show, as always does these great little cut-ups on Twitter – and he's showing a bunch of scenarios where, where the O line's kind of taking the heat in the run game, and they've clearly paved the way. And Lenny's just going the wrong way. He's yeah, yeah. He's pulling Mark Sanchez shit, running into asses, <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's inexcusable. And then you see Rashad White get in there, and he just slashes right in the hole. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's nice. That's what running backs do. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Who knew? Who knew they were allowed to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's painful. Fuck, I can't watch yeah. it. It's unbelievable.
0: So b- before we get more clearly into the mid-season evaluation of, of this team from the big picture, um, it is worth you know we're heading to Munich, boys, heading to Germany. Going to be an early game for us, playing a Seattle Seahawks team that is nothing close to what we thought they were. Oh, uh, they're God. they're pretty fucking good.
1: They're they're, they're
2: not only are they pretty good; they have one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now.
0: Gino Kansas.
2: Gino He's is our
0: guy.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: he is our guy. I'm thinking about writing an article about him being the best guy they, the, who the Bucks should go for next year, whether or not Brady returns.
2: Oh, <laughs> whether
0: <okay>. or not. <laughs> no, the, I'm joking about the last part. <laughs> no, don't he's hear, uh, yeah. he's he's surpassed everything, and like
2: I don't know how how they've done it um, again, but like their defensive draft class has been unbelievable as well too. Like their secondary, it's almost like legion. It's like Legion of Boom light again. It's their really deepest- cool.
1: Their defense has been playing better. They were pretty, uh, yeah. I don't know, spotty the first few weeks of the season, which I think was leading people to believe that the start was um, not super sustainable. Yeah. Um, but the defense is playing better, and Gino looks legitimately really good. He's the, Actually, he's the favorite for comeback player of the year right now, understandably. He's been fantastic. And uh, I don't know. This is like a broad statement, and this is not just to get an extra dig in at Russ, but it's almost—it feels like from afar, it, it just feels like a burden has been lifted from the team. You know, what yeah. I, it, they just seem like they're playing freer. Lockett and Metcalf, you know, they look like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins as as a wide receiver duo. But they're getting it done. You know what I mean? Like it, it just—they're a fun team. To, they're a fun team to watch. The vibes bet- in this matchup. Couldn't be more different between Seattle and Tampa. Oh my God! Yeah, um, maybe I'm
2: shocked maybe... that Tampa's a big three-point favorite. Like, that's... I feel like that's that's quite heavy going that way.
1: Well, reason that's I know. I think a lot of people would agree with you, Bo. I mean, honestly, it, it feels like how could you make them a favorite in this game based on what we've seen? But you know, potential and all that, and power ratings. Like, I I guess I get it. But um, yeah, I I mean what. The, the Bucks and the Seahawks, uh, at the start of the season, we said one of these teams is below 500, and one of them is above. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would have had this, right? So yeah. just just crazy.
0: In terms of the Seahawks and their def- defensive turnaround, uh, Tariq Woolen, man. Um, he's awesome. He's like the, the toolsiest, longest, most athletic cornerback prospect, but was viewed as too much of a project by most coming out of the University of Texas, San Antonio, and he has just been balling, like next to Sauce Gardner. I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's been a more impressive rookie on that side of the ball. Dude, bowl.
1: if he if he had a cool if he had a cool nickname like Sauce, he might be right there. I'm not even kidding. Like there's something yeah, to seriously. that. Like he's been fantastic and like so cool to watch. And like you said, the project thing. Look at him stepping in and playing right away. Like, oh, and he just, looks
0: he looks like the real deal. Like he's yeah. opening everyone's eyes. So, uh, you know, cheers to to Seahawks GM John Schneider. Like getting back in his bag after he was starting to get dragged through the mud rightfully so as that team yeah. began to collapse the legion of boom here he comes and he he, he adds this what looks like a future's like all pro corner i mean i'm not that's a little lofty of praise but i mean at this point I mean, that would be but he's be playing like, like, like it he's playing yeah. like it
2: like that it's the toughest it's the toughest position on the field i think oh to sustain right, right? He, like yeah it's so tough being
1: like a rookie cornerback, honestly Kill which me. is
2: why like when you when you do it like you get paid for doing it. Like you That's can get true. paid off of one good year of being a, a, a rare time for a corner, right? Like yep. him and that uh, Kobe
1: Bryant kid are.
0: They're really good, man. I mocked I'm not. M- I mock put you on the
1: spot, but who did you have? Did you have a much of a take on that on that Tariq Woolen uh, in, when you were doing your draft stuff? Like, Me? do you remember? Yeah, do you remember? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. no, ab- oh, okay.
0: absolutely. Um, yeah. I was hoping the Bucks might take him just based on the tools because he was a Bucks type type of guy, and there was lots of chatter about him. And a lot of people thought he might go earlier than he did. Where did he end up going exactly? He went with like, fifth a, round. yeah, yeah fifth round. So, so like what I thought, day. I thought the Bucks might take him because they they needed a corner and they kept putting it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead, they traded up for um, uh, Zion McCollum, who was a equal equal in terms of tools, like super fast and long. Right for the Bucks, they want guys with length at least six two and fast as all hell. Those two guys stood out. Tariq Woolen was like a convert. He used to be a receiver. And at yeah. University of Texas San Antonio, they converted him to corner. So he has like one year under his belt. And he like flashed a ton. But that obviously wasn't enough to convince most GMs. That's why he slipped. But he was he was certainly a guy who was talked about a lot. So props to John Schneider uh, again for that. But he was certainly on my radar uh, leading up to the draft. I wanted the Bucs to take him. I didn't know as much about Zion McCollum. But a lot of people liked that pick more than they would have Tariq Woolen. So, oh, okay. you know, easy in hindsight. But well, yeah, you mm-hmm. throw in a foundational foundational running back and Kenneth Walker, which is a no-brainer. Yeah. We all knew he'd be a stud. They got Boy Maffe Like Schneider did did some work, man. Dude, he did they
1: real could, good. I mean, we'll probably talk about this, but they could have the offensive rookie and defensive rookies of the year. Like that's Easily, insane. Yeah. yeah. Right? So good for Bro. them. And that's another reason when you have cheap contributors, aka rookie contributors, then that's what's going to lead to a team exceeding expectations in the NFL. Right. And so, yeah. you know, the fact that they have those guys on either side of the ball might explain why they're six and three versus what, whatever they would have been expected at the start of the year. Right. So
0: for sure. Um Let's talk now, let's kind of take a step back. We are <laughs> over halfway through the season, really. I mean, um, it's an odd number now, so we're not going to get it right in the middle unless we do this cool. episode at halftime, right? Yeah, we got to <laughs> go. We got to get it halftime, midseason I mean, grade. The,
1: the people are clamoring.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about uh, just a couple headlines here that we can kind of organize our thoughts. Who has been the most surprising member of the Buccaneers organization, or what has been the most surprising aspect of this team? I mean, lots of surprises. Certainly not going how anyone predicted. Who wants to lead here? The floor is yours. Yeah.
2: Like, I think like the theme here might go a little negative for Bucks fans that are have had two years of just straight roses, right? From us. So um I gotta say the red zone offense has to be the most like the biggest cliff that this team has fallen oh. off from for me. Um, I guess you could say run defense as well, too, but I don't have the stats for that. They were number two in the league last year, red zone offense. 65% of their trips would end in a touchdown. They're down to like 44%. They're 30th in the league this year. It's insane. It's – it's and like I just – that's the reason why I I put it a little bit higher is just like you do not expect this from a Brady offense. It's just like to get down there, touchdowns way down. Brady throwing touchdowns are just down across the board. It's just – you're just not expecting this from a team like this when when you uh think about how they came into the year.
0: Yeah, good that's very good. Bo, I I agree.
1: Um yeah, I'll go. I mean, we did as far as most surprising, I'm just going to say maybe the most obvious thing and that's Brady and Giselle actually getting divorced. <laughs> I mean, that is surprising. I don't think we actually thought that was going to happen. Everyone made jokes about um Brady playing until whenever and, and, but but there wasn't much public. uh, There wasn't a ton of public. I don't know, sentiment about it or, or we hadn't heard a ton from Giselle regarding it. And I think just how. Let's face it. Like the whole, the vibe is bad, right? Like the, like we can talk, we're going to get into a lot of things here, but the vibe with the team is bad. And I think that comes from the top. And I don't know exactly how much is um, on the whole Arians on Bruce Arian's plate with when he left and all that and blah, blah, blah. It's just been a weird year. Okay. And I think that the, uh, the divorce thing, you know, it actually caught me off guard that it actually happened. And during the season, let's say, and it's, and it's just leading to this terrible start. And I have a few other ways I could have went with that, but I'm saving them for some other categories here. But just the fact that they actually got divorced during the season in a literal fact, or in a literal sense, was as surprising as uh, as anything.
2: That that happening and also, like, kind of noticeably leaking into, a, yeah. into the play of the team. Yes. And, absolutely. like, not into the play of Brady at the same time. Like, yeah. it's just, like, it was kind of confusing. I, I totally yeah. agree with you on that. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it, Bo. Thank you. I needed that.
0: Yeah, it's it was kind of like the cherry on top of, like, a real nasty-ass Sunday.
1: Like, right? yeah. yeah.
0: You know, like – that divorce but but i'm hoping it's just kind of put a cherry on this drama because it's been drama filled this whole season so many different narratives so much off the field shit um and and scott you're talking present this has been so disappointing it has but i'm moving forward now baby like we're going to the second half of the year and i think if there's anything to carry us forward um it would be that final drive from tom brady and let's not forget that offense Scored and should have won the damn game. The play, be- the series before, but Scotty Miller for some reason jumped and yeah, dropped a yeah. wide, like the easiest touchdown catch. So, so they right. kind of won it twice. But um anyway, I, I like both your answers a lot. Bo, you alluded to it. You actually mentioned hit on mine. Um, most surprising, the, what I am truly most surprised by, I think, is is the Bucks getting chewed up on the ground. I think it's yeah. the the these mm-hmm. struggles. That is the one thing I thought was ironclad, hundred percent would have bet my life on. The Buccaneers being a top five unit against the run. Shit, I'd top three, like m- maybe the best. You know, bringing in Akeem Hicks to pair next to Vea. You yeah. got boy, you got dogs on the outside and Shaq Barrett and, and JTS. And then all, then Will Golston's fantastic against the run. Raheem Runez Nochez. I mean, you got so many guys in there. Logan Hall, like so many dudes, so many yeah. bodies you can keep fresh. The Devin run- White, Devin De- White. Yeah, Devin, yeah, Devin White and Levante. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. So, um, I think both you guys brought up great ones, and uh, but th- that was the most surprising for me. It,
1: defense is so hard to predict, man. I, I think I used to think it was more. We pretty much know who the best defenses are going to be, and like year to year, it carries over. But it's just not. It's it's not the case, and even week to week, it doesn't carry over. Right? You just have to try to play as solid for as many weeks as possible. Um, even the best defenses can get can get torn up and i agree con like i would not that i would have done a huge deep dive on it on all 32 teams but you know one of the best run defenses in my mind going like in any sort of preseason preview would have been the bucks and just not the case right so
0: since bulls got there they've been the best like not even one of the yeah
1: and it's obviously it's one of his tenets of his defense right and he loves it and he's very old school and like stop the run blah blah like but it's hard it's hard and, and they're getting beat so
0: yeah. Um let's let's I'm going to go more positive angle here. Let's skip right to the to the MVP. Who's the MVP so far of the Bucks for this ugly ass first half of the year for them? Oh.
1: My god. I Okay, but I can go for this one.
2: Yeah, run. it. Run it.
1: Okay. Well, if I were to tell you that the Bucks had the fourth leading scorer in the NFL, would you believe me? <laughs> yeah, I actually would. There's a kicker on the team named Ryan Suckup who's 22 for 24, 10 out of 10 on extra points. He's the guy who's just getting those three. He's the one who's taking the points. You, you don't get to take the points unless the kicker actually makes the kick, which is all the Bucks want to be able to or want to do, seem to be able to do, right? So, you know, those eight play 78-yard drives that lead to three points a lot of the time, that's where Suckup comes in. And uh, man, is he, is he ever doing a great job? Obviously a little bit facetious considering Brady is second in the league in passing, but fuck this team, this team's a Super Bowl contender. They've been, or preseason contender. They've been absolutely painful. The defense has been okay. As we just um, talked about it. I would say none of the receivers have popped off. Brady looks old as shit and he's only, and he's up there in the, uh, he's second in the league in passing because they're down all the time um so i'm going with ryan suck up and i don't care what you guys think so
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i'm not surprised that you said it
2: all of those red zone <laughs> trips would have been so much like more sad and depressing if they didn't have suck up if they didn't well, trust yeah the picker, right and um, maybe they,
0: and maybe they'd be zero and nine because like, yeah yeah the offense exactly. wasn't the offense wasn't scoring points in those games they won early on no when we shit. were all like when we were all I like wait, we're like wait till they get rolling. No, that's legit, Scott. Like Suckup's been amazing too. Like, yeah, he's had like career year.
1: I, he's been unreal. Yeah. He's twenty-two of twenty-four. He's 917 91, yeah. 91. percent.
0: I Not looked it real. up as a joke
1: when we talked about it in the pre-show discussing what we we're gonna do. And I was like, no, I think it just might be him. So let's <laughs> roll.
0: Yeah, Bo, who you got, man? Bobby yeah, I got
2: a. And I, I don't have any stats behind this, but just like watching this team for the last like two weeks, and when he went down against the uh, was it against the Panthers when he went down, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, I think he's been like the one consistent key to this defense and the pass defense, especially being passable and being able to somewhat stop guys, even though they're in horrible positions time and time again. Um, I think he's the most he like to me, besides Levante David. I just couldn't say Levante because I. I, I have to blame him a little bit for that run defense. Um, I think Antoine Winfield Jr. has just come into his own of being like that safety that is like in the box, out of the box, lining up against the best guy in the slot every once in a while. Like he is a very versatile defender who is very consistent and one probably the one of if not the strongest, uh, the second strongest guy on the team.
0: Yeah, he he's elite as it gets. Uh, yeah. one of the one of the best defensive backs in football let alone safety he's proven that by sliding into the slot like you said i love it um i have actually had suck up jotted down as well scott <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which is just a oh my perfect God, that's
1: so bad
0: perfect testament to how this season has gone so far that we're both Honestly, fight, fighting over the kicker he doesn't even have a big leg folks no <laughs> he's just pretty accurate <laughs> yeah it's not even hip. justin tucker
1: no, yeah. he's just pretty good. And he's, uh, yeah, leading this team of stars. So, holy yeah. shit.
0: Um, I'm going to give it to, and it's kind of piggybacking off Bo, I guess, too, is just the, the Bucs secondary in general. So I talked mm. about how surprised I am by how vulnerable this team's been against the run. Um, you know, their front seven has not gotten the job done. And now they're without Shaq Barrett. So that's not awesome. But um, – and, and of course, you know, they've given up some points. But in terms of the secondary, I thought defensively that would be the biggest question mark potentially. And I couldn't be more happy with the development of Jamel Dean. It's something I predicted. He's a guy I've been on for a long time. I followed his whole career very closely. Said as long as he can stay healthy, I think he'll continue to ascend. He's done that. And Carlton Davis got paid, didn't settle, um, and, and, and whatever. Don't get me wrong, I'm missing Jordan Whitehead back there. I am. I um I would love to have Jordan Whitehead, especially seeing him make plays for the Jets this past weekend. Um, but Bo just talked about Antoine Winfield Jr. I think those guys have kind of saved their season so far. And I already talked about the early games when the Bucs D was just lights out. A lot of it was because those that secondary was just shutting dudes down, making it really hard on opposing passing offenses. Um, so of course, you know naturally when your offense is so inept. Points are going to be scored, and you're going to lose games. You can't win a game with defense alone, especially just the back half of it. Uh, but they've been the MVP because they're the reason the Bucks are one one win away from being 500 going into their yeah. bye week. And and for fuck's sake,s they're they're the only they're the only reason the Bucks, in addition to Ryan Suckup, that the Bucks are leading the NFC South.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: they're yeah. leading if, the NFC South.
1: And for anyone who has the audacity to make a non-suckup argument for the uh, MVP, I think. Vita Vea probably deserves some honorable mention as well six and a half sacks from that from that nose tackle spot like it's that's that's just a huge raw number man like you just don't see tackles doing that as much anymore I don't think so um, yeah I just I love Vea I love him so
0: he's nasty he's yeah. nasty spicy he's awesome. okay um most disappointing. I tried to give us some positivity there by switching over to the MVP because I, I was like, "Shit, we can't go most surprising and then most disappointing back to back." But here we are. Most disappointing. All um, right. Yeah. Everyone,
1: settle in. We got two hours to go. Just kidding. Um, no. All right, Colin, you lead us. You lead us with the most disappointing. <clears throat> I mean
0: this is just like too easy, but like, I think it's Byron Lefwich. I mean, we're talking about a guy coming into this year uh, who apparently had the Jags head coaching job and he was standing up for himself, whatever happened there. Um, But, but well-respected around the league, no question. And I've had my qualms with, with his play calling at times over these last two seasons. Um, But both, both seasons, the bucks were getting wins and he sorted it out and really did seem to find his identity um, and, and improve as a play caller throughout the year. I don't like that there isn't a consistent uh, commitment or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like he's – I just feel like he doesn't know what he's doing. But regardless, like, th- that's because of this year. It's just been an absolute tire fire. Uh, he needs to take the – in my opinion, man, he, he takes the brunt of the blame. It's his job to protect his guys. He knows what he's dealing with. You're dealing with the, these offensive line issues, which I think have been massive um, j- just at those two spots. But it's his job to scheme ways to fit his personnel and to find ways to overcome those issues. And he hasn't done it. And he's just been so stubborn and it's been infuriating to watch how poorly this offense has functioned. And he's the guy calling the plays. He's the guy who stamps his seal of approval. He's the guy who runs it all. So um, I'm putting him at most disappointing. If they didn't win that game, I would have been furious if he wasn't already canned. Like I think he's coaching for his job. Um so yeah, it's Byron Leftwich, and we all know why. We've talked about it so much. So yeah, did you? Did we talk? Did he say first down runs there? Because like,
1: yeah, I mean that is
2: the like we need to just like everyone needs to understand the first down runs. It is a troll job at this point.
1: Or, it's just or... it's unbel- It's actually unbelievable. Like I sorry, like I said, I wasn't watching the game. I was following it on my phone, and it's like it's it's How? happening again. And it's like some weird long con prank it feels like he's going for. or something. Like, I, I actually, I, I can't, I can't even, be, I can't believe it. Like, I, I wish I had another example for a coach who has been so stubborn, has had such a lack of uh, accountability. If you listen to the press conferences, like the way he's, he's kind of laughing it off, some of the quotes saying, I need to run the ball more and then I can call the plays that I want, or we need to run the ball more. And it's just like, dude, this this is not it. And sorry, I mean, one thing to you do know is working, but it's not. It I don't know what else you have to see. Like it's actually it's 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 honestly maddening. It's 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 infuriating to watch. Sorry, no, I'm all riled up. Fuck. No,
0: no and one point I wanted to add, Scotty, just to pile on what you're saying. He's he's also like he he's tried to be like well you need to run the ball in order to set up play action which has been proven to be false like statistically like of course of course to a certain extent but I mean you, you got to protect against the run if you got the running back back there and he, you know it looks like a handoff like the defense is going to take a second like whether you've been running with success or not so that's just kind of a another cop out like oh he's he's too traditional I don't know what it is but whatever fucking turn it around right now
1: I just. I mean, this, this is worth, uh, you know, a relative deep dive from, I just, can you even, can you guys even fathom seeing something work or not work that often and then go back to it? And also yeah. the secondary option or the other option, which isn't the secondary, it should be the primary option is Tom Brady thrown to like Mike Evan, Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, I just, I can't even get my head around it. Like I, I truly don't understand it. I don't understand it. i I've, I've you know, try to give him the better for the doubt for the first couple of games. Whatever, Lenny looked better. You know, take the take the burden off Brady. Sure, those things work. But like, if you're just speaking in cliches, like uh, we need to we need to run the ball to set up play action. Um, you know, he didn't know EPA what EPA was when I think it was J C Allen that asked him in the press conference, and he's clearly shown almost like a child. A childlike stubbornness with regarding regarding it and in the questions that he's asked after the game i just i thought he was pretty good and had been pretty good and was a viable nfl coaching candidate and maybe i mean because i always say that or most people who think about the game you know coordinators and head coaches are completely different positions maybe this doesn't hinder his his actual ability to become a uh, like, to be a good head coach if he ever gets there. But if the offense with these guys is this shitty, then he's never going to get a chance. Like, that, yeah. like this is going to be a, a huge hole in his resume. And just the refusal to change is, like, is bad for his career. It's bad for his brand, I feel like, as much as anything.
0: Yeah, if only owners, like, watch the tape. I'd say there's no way he's going to get a head coaching job. But, <laughs> I mean, Jeff Saturday hasn't coached a game at any level. Oh well, yeah, he's just- Fuck been hired in indianapolis so That's who, who else who, who else has got one uh most disappointing from the bucks if it wasn't <laughs> if it if it's not left if you want to go the
2: opposite end, end of this i think like not even that they're so like it's been like a horrific performance the wide receiver room is just so disappointing from what we thought it was going to be going into this game and going into this year um obviously injuries plays into that i think we expect more from julio definitely expect more from russell gage um true and yeah how many just you thought like, about
1: russell gage that's funny yeah yeah
2: like the guys are just like 10 not million year. yeah they're not and they're well. not catching they're not catching the ball the drops have been horrendous obviously like the mike evans one against the panthers is like fucking hallmark of the season for that for that room um yeah yeah just like Wide receiving room just kind of bums you out when you think about it, which is something you didn't think you'd say. And obviously they lot they lose Antonio Brown from last year. They lose uh Gronk as well, which is probably like I think I read that it was like 30% of their uh, of their plays ten yards down the field or more. Um they're they're accountable for that. So that's obviously a big hole to fill, but like you added Russell Gage and uh and Julio Jones to that. So it's 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 a bummer.
0: Bo, Bo, you're right, man. You call, you hit the nail on the head, and it hasn't been talked about enough. But they, they need to be accountable because that should have been a strength of this team. I yeah. hold nothing against Chris Godwin; he's battling his ass off after the injury. He probably shouldn't even be back yet for Christ's yeah. sake. So Godwin's yeah. fine. He's still getting targeted like, like crazy. Evans had a had a had a disappointing game this week. Actually, I was very disappointed in his performance against the Rams. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure he he like broke three ribs in the first play of the game. Yeah, yeah
2: true, that was, true. <laughs> like, that was like one of the like yeah, weird crunches that like it almost feels like it happened in your living room Um, uh, but yeah like this wide receiver room it's much more of a like a dad i'm not mad at them but i'm just so disappointed
0: great point great call on the ribs
1: okay i'll go i'm i'm disappointed in myself for believing in this team okay <laughs> like like I got caught up in the in the summer hype, calling predicting a sixteen and one record, and like they're gonna somehow win the World Cup coming up in November. Here, I don't know how that was gonna happen, but you called it. Um, no bias. Yeah, no bias. I, I'm I'm being a little bit uh, you know tongue in cheek here, but I I thought they were gonna be one of the best three or four teams in the league. I truly did, and I was like pumped to cover them, pumped to watch them every Sunday, and they're letting me down, man. They're a fucking tough watch. This is like someone making me watch a Big Bang Theory episode. I would rather do anything but, right? Like it like we're super happy about a 16-13 win over the Rams, right? Because any win any win is a good win in this league and we get it, but like you know, they're tied in their division with Atlanta who has a quarterback that doesn't throw. Um, you know, New Orleans is one game back and they have some sort of Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston situation, plus like a total infirmary of a roster where everybody's hurt. Right. It's just, I don't know. It's just the whole season so far has had such a weird vibe. Um, I don't think it's too late to turn it around uh, to bring it back to, to left, which we, we, we have to see a change. There has to be something that changes or else it's too late. I mean, wait, hold on a second not too
2: late to turn it around like what what are you saying there
1: like to become a, like to be a contender like to, to actually to do a run. something to make to a make run. a run
2: you think it can be you think that, like from what we've seen you think they can make a run no like no. A not
1: from what we've seen not from what we've seen like
2: no this, not like at all. An, a completely different team walks through the door because like that's what i'm at it's just like no same my expectations team. for this team is like if they make the playoffs and they I'd, I would obviously they're going to have to host a playoff game. Yeah. But if they, if they're favored in that playoff game, I'll be, I'll be pretty proud of them, I guess.
1: But that's what I'm saying, Bo. Like, I don't, I don't like, I don't even necessarily agree with what I said. Like if I had to pick one, I think they're, you know, kind of spiraling towards eight and nine or something like that, which still yeah. might, well, I, that, that's not a great example. Cause that still might actually win them the division. But you know, mm-hmm. if they host the playoff game, Good chances they're favored because it literally because it's at home and it's Tom Brady, right? So if you but win like, that game right then now, you're...
2: it's e- it's either it's the Cowboys, it's the Niners, it's the Giants. They're maybe favored against the Giants.
1: Well, they're favored against. They're a hundred percent favored against the Giants. They're proud. They're not favored against the Niners, and they're. I don't know about I don't know about Dallas. Probably Definitely not, not the Cow- as well. The Cowboys are the Cowboys are really good.
0: Man. I mean, weren't the they favored against the Ravens two weeks ago? For Christ's sake, or like, yeah, they're like, favored yeah. against the Seahawks this week, and I'm just like, y- yeah, but like I the guess. Ravens and Seahawks are still different, like, yeah. And well
1: you you got to the point is it's like coin flip ish, yeah, right? If if they host a playoff game, well, well, sorry, my point is I don't think they're going to. I think left, which is way too stubborn, but I think yeah. it is possible if that if the offense. It adapts at least even a little bit. I think it's possible. I'm not picking it, but I would like to see something because we have to talk about him so, you know.
0: Yeah, and Bo, you you got to chill out on my guy Scottsdale <laughs> here for a minute. Like all he said was not too late to turn it around. Turn it around means play better than they have. So I get it. Based on what you've seen that that seems far fetched, but we all know based on the players in that room and, and the coaches, everyone who, who has shown us they won a damn Super Bowl. And they've got a, I said coming in this year, they have a, well, the AB Gronk losses are huge, but like in a lot of ways have a better roster. Um, Jensen going down killed them. but they, they could absolutely turn it around and, and make a run. They're going to, they, they can easily finish winning the NFC South. And if they get hot at the right time, like they did in 2020, they, they could make a push to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Absolutely. They could. Doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Some things got yeah, like right. the Bengals were
1: ten and yeah. seven last year. Like they were pretty average. And they should yeah, have sure. lost that They should have lost the Titans, right? Yeah. Um, and then who do they beat? They beat someone in Kansas City. That's oh no, they beat the Raiders before they beat Tennessee. Sorry. Um yeah. I listen, they're they've looked the Bucks have looked awful. They're a painful watch. I'm legitimately fascinated to see where we go from here and this. You know, starting off kind of the second half of the season with a game in Germany against his upstart Seattle team on Sunday morning. I don't know, man. There's still there's just a lot going on with this team, I guess. Yeah, I, wish, yeah. I really
0: wish Gronk was around just for the Germany trip, just for the. I food. know he's probably there
1: <laughs> doing beer fest or whatever. Yeah, Gronk fest. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. Last one. Who's going to be? So we just talked about the the potential, how believable is in the eye of the beholder, apparently, the bow holder. Um, Who's going to be the X factor for this team to turn it around potentially or not? Like the X factor, meaning going to have a huge role in it either way. Who do they need? Who wants to go here? It's impossible
2: to get through this without saying Ryan Jensen and Ryan Jensen coming back and being – like Ryan Jensen of yesteryear or season, however you want to look at it. Like
1: yeah. he needs
2: to be not only come back and be serviceable, he needs to come back and, and command this offensive line into uh, having a run game, uh, being able to protect Brady uh, beyond Brady just have, getting the ball out quickly, um, letting plays develop. Like he has a big part to play, um, how he comes back and how much faith they have in him when he comes back. Basically, he's going to decide the season from offensive yeah.
0: standpoint. Damn, man! Like you're so right. Like I, That's... like I, I, I'm zeroed in on the same area, Bo. And 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 it, I didn't choose Ryan Jensen. I have Nick Leverett written down, but that could be Robert Haney too. Because if Jensen comes back, it. Th- th- I don't care how injured he is. Still, he is going to do all those things. Like he's just too much of an animal. Like Jensen will yeah. come back and be a major. If he's upgrade. playing, yeah. That left guard position, though. Like what I saw from Nick Leverett, Leverett last week is super encouraging because it is sure. such a dramatic upgrade from Gedecky okay like yeah such a dramatic upgrade already and this is like a journeyman practice squad guy who has tools and is familiar with the system coming in and showing that significant of an upgrade it's on the coaches for not making that switch earlier by the way like that is yeah. 100% on the coaches um and speaking of which one thing that popped into my mind I know I'm jumping around here but the other issue is if you fire by an effort who's gonna call the fucking plays all of a sudden I've thought about uh, it. what is that hopefully actually Tom Brady yeah
1: yeah honestly <laughs> you man. know
0: Bring in Peyton, like bring Bruce down. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but sorry. So I'm talking about Nick Leverett. I just think the importance of fortifying the interior of that offensive line would do so much good for this team. For what, even th- whether they continue to run on first or they just throw every damn play, doesn't matter. If you, if you got a clean pocket, I still think Brady can do damage Um, in that case. So that's, that's where I'm going. Same, same general thing.
1: Yeah. The offensive line in general, I think But Bo with, with Jensen for sure. I love that. Um, I don't know if this is the biggest X factor, but for me, the one that I really want to see and, and become a bigger part of the team uh, is Rashad white. He just adds a certain yeah. dimension every time when he gets a series. Uh, if he's making people, if he's catching a swing pass and making that first guy miss, he's a little bit more dynamic when he's actually running the ball. I really like what I've seen from him and, Uh, I just, Lenny is just not my kind of back, man. And he's just not, um, I would prefer a guy like white. And if they're going to keep fucking hammering the ball on first down, uh, well, let's get, let's get a guy in there more frequently who can make someone miss and potentially, you know, turn a one yard gain into six, turn a negative two yard run into four. Cause you know, like I said, I have more confidence that the bucks are going to, Keep doing what they're doing. Uh, so let's at least update the personnel a little bit and uh, and go from there.
0: Love that, Scotty. Really well said. Glad you hit on that one. Hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Uh, yeah. And let's not forget, like he, Lenny's even stealing all the checkdowns and shit. Like Rashad White is an elite pass catcher now. Yeah, like, he's that good, right? Mm-hmm. I've referenced it numerous times, but that's what Thor Nyström, like a fan, one of the smartest guys at evaluating. Um, college prospects entering the draft said is by far his trump card is his receiving ability. He said he's so good he's pretty much a fucking receiver like Caffrey-esque in that sense. So we haven't even seen him have the chance to do that which again is an indictment on this offense the fucking whole coaching staff. I hate to keep bringing it back there and sound like a broken record but these are personnel decisions as well. We've been too preoccupied with all of their other horrific decisions. We haven't even had a chance to really hit on the personnel issues.
1: Yeah. and To be honest we kind of haven't talked about how much I think Bowles is pretty mediocre as an act as a head coach I think he's oh, an yeah. excellent defensive coordinator like literally maybe one of the best in the league um it's just different because sorry I'm bringing it back to left which we've talked about it in our group a little bit uh you know is it left which doing this or is it coming down the pike from Bowles saying what they want as a game plan kind of thing either way if that's the case if Bowles is letting this offense run like this and left, which has all the reins, then that's kind of on Bowles. If Bulls is the one saying, you know, we need to run the ball. We need to like kill clock. We need to have long drives. That's on Bowles, right? So he's always come off to me as very old school uh, in terms of running the ball, playing defense, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it definitely has its place in the NFL as as kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a pillar of someone's, coaching philosophy I just don't know I don't know if he inspires much I don't know if people if the guys on the team think he's a great coach I just that's just the vibe I'm getting um yeah I I, I get the
2: vibe he's just like a player's a player's coach right like I think that's why we're seeing Lenny get multiple chances and just like the personnel um basically going with continuity on the offensive line not seeing that like okay Kadecki's not the answer here I think it's really tough in this day and age of the NFL to not be an elite play caller or a great game manager. And that's basically what the Bucks have in a, in a head coach right now. It's, yeah. it's, it's like you need one of those two skills to be one of the elite coaches in this league. And that's, it's like, you you're either like the Sean McVays or you're the like John Harbaugh, sort of just like yeah. elite at being able to manage a game. Totally. Well, um, oh,
1: that's a great, that's a great yeah. point. And those are great examples for both of them, like previous McVeigh, obviously, but Harbaugh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, and this this coaching situation is unique, obviously, with with Arians leaving. But it is interesting that they went bowls over Leftwich with the two kind of incumbent coordinators, right? Probably because he had the experience, and Leftwich. It's not like Leftwich was getting demoted; he was still going to be calling no. the plays and everything. I, th- so- I think Colin
2: hit it on the head with the uh, like. I think they thought Leftwich was gone. Honestly, I right. think they legitimately thought he was in in Jacksonville and they're like we're, we're not going to shake it up too much.
1: Yeah.
0: I I think it's because Bulls is is like like Scott just like is a way better play caller than Lefwich and I think they know oh, that. Yeah. Like, like Leftwich need to prove it more. Bulls has proven it as a defensive play caller. He's exactly. fantastic, right? The question that Scott's brought up here and and aptly so is is he cut out to be a head coach, to lead an yeah. entire 53 man roster and everyone else in the organization?
1: And I can't I can't put I can't make this any more clear. That is not a slight on anyone who is one of the 32 either offensive or defensive coordinators in the league, that they're not a head coach or head coach worthy. That's they're completely different skill sets. I just I don't think I don't even think of them as one being higher than the other. It's just that's the hierarchy of coaching ranks. Yeah. So theoretically, that's what you're supposed to do. And as we touched on, Arians left, they were put in a tough situation. Who knows? If Arians left earlier than what they did, maybe they would have put out some feelers and, and k- tried to keep Bowles as a defensive coordinator and try to hire someone externally, right? So there is a little bit of uh, gray gray area to the whole to their whole coaching situation. But I would say, given the roster and the lack of changes that they made or that they have made both in game and week to week, that has to come on Bowles a little bit. It just has to, and I do feel like he's skating uh, he's skating by.
0: Yeah, I wrote an article over at BucksGameday.com um, week week and a half, right after the NFL trade deadline, saying why weren't the Bucks buyers at the at the trade deadline? Because so many people in Bucks Nation were 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 furious at you know the Bucks didn't make a move. Why didn't they trade for Bradley Chubb? Yada yada yada. And ultimately, the gist of my angle from this article was Jason Light has done enough. Like. You know, <laughs> Like he has done enough. He needs to do no more. He has put a team together that is more than capable of winning. And if they can't put it together, so I ultimately just blame the coaches. And I said the coaches need to figure their shit out because the pieces are yeah. there. And I, and we, you know this has been a theme of this episode, obviously already, inevitably. Do you
1: do you think Brad as good as Bradley Chubb is? Do you really think he would have been the piece? Just well, I just and I'm
0: just using an example there. I think. Oh that, yeah. Like since I Barrett think heard, with with Shaq, especially with Shaq Barrett going out, like yeah. That would have been no, a pretty timely ad, but, yeah. But no, because I think Bradley Chubb is getting paid now by the Dolphins more money oh, than yeah. he's earned. Like, he's been hurt a lot. He is not – like, that's a lot. I would way <laughs> rather Shaq – if we're comparing the two, Shaq Barrett on his deal than than a younger Bradley Chubb on his at this point yeah. for, the next, for the next few but, seasons. Yeah.
1: But I agree with you. Got, they, put the, they put the roster together. You need – I don't know people with their systems and like, this is how we do it. It's like, no, man, this is a really tough league. You got to have more than one way to do it. You just do. Um, yeah. Yeah. so yeah.
0: Okay. Let's try and zip through this. This went a little longer than I thought I was, I was hyping up how we get to talk about the whole league and here we are 52 minutes in on the box and we usually try to keep it under an hour. Um, let's just shift quickly to the NFL as a whole. Okay. Move outside of Tampa for a minute. Um, let's start, Let's most, go rapid fire with this one. Okay, so yeah. you want me to meet a fire, no. or you want to just go around the horn and then discuss? Yeah. What there? Quick little yeah. blurb. Okay, so f- let's let's do um most surprising first for me. We already talked about it. I think it's the Seahawks, but mainly like Geno Smith. I think that is no one. No one saw this coming. Not even the fucking Seahawks. Otherwise, they would have signed. They would have extended him because he's a free agent after this. So don't pretend like you knew what you were doing on that one, boys. You had you were shit out of luck because you traded for Drew Locke and had no better options. Turns out Dude, there. There's was a lot of run.
1: sentiment uh, towards Seattle being a trendy, uh, you know, worst record in the league play before the oh, yeah. season. So the fact oh. that they're – and also in that division, I, I think you could – well, San Fran's better than them, but they're they're right there. They look like a playoff team. I That's a great one for sure. They can one easily win this division.
2: They can easily yeah. win that division. Um, yeah. I'll go quick. Sure. Um, Justin Fields just basically – you look at the stats on him from week 5 onwards and it's just like holy shit night and day guy that's just like we weren't sure if he'd ever throw for 200 yards and uh in a game and like now he's like commanding commanding like commanding in a loss to the dolphins last week winning NFC uh player of the month or player of the week on a, like yeah. the first guy to do it on a losing effort um, he's been like a joy to watch, and couldn't be happier because I think we are all pretty high on him coming in. Besides Scott, he, he's just like the uh, the Buckeyes guy.
0: But yeah, the uh, but I just I just really like
2: really really like Justin Fields so far.
0: I have to chime in here, um, saying we are all like pretty high on him is is kind of not doing me justice. Yeah, facts. One of my first draft articles I ever wrote on my own website was called was called QB one with a big picture of Justin Fields. And that was me proclaiming that he is, and I, I'm not trying to do it. It's just on, we're on the topic. He looks good right now that he was the best quarterback in this draft class. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought he had the nicest, cleanest floor with the highest ceiling of all of them. I thought that the Niners should have taken him. And I was saying this before the draft and I was saying, I would take him over Trevor Lawrence, even not saying that's going to be right, but I'm just saying a lot of people have dragged Justin Fields through the mud. So I had to pull up that article and take a bunch of screenshots. I haven't, sent those receipts out into the Twitter sphere yet, because I still think it's too early for that. But the reason it's surprising isn't because of Justin Fields. It's because of the shithole in which he is trying to exactly. lead a football team to wins. And the fact he's doing it in that situation, that chaotic situation, like they have five Byron left, which is in the building or some shit, like, like yeah. it's, that's what makes it so damn surprising because it's so impressive.
1: It's awesome. It, it him him really coming into his own these last few weeks. Like good for him, man. That's been great, and they've been kind of fun to watch too, to be honest. So oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, biggest, surpri- biggest surprise. Biggest surprise to me. I mean, let's face it. There's been so many. A little bit off the radar. I'm gonna say just how much of a dumpster fire the Colts are. I I thought they were gonna win this division. I thought with Tennessee's losses, Houston being terrible, I thought. Uh, People hyping up Jacksonville was still a little was at least a year away. I should have said something like that in in the in our preview. I don't know if I did or not. Maybe I did. Um, But I thought just by default, by default, as like kind of a professional, trustworthy franchise with Matt Ryan, who obviously hasn't wasn't great the last few years in Atlanta, but he wasn't as bad as it as it looked, and he certainly wasn't as bad the last few years as it started in Indianapolis this year. But the fact that they are this bad. The coach being fired, like literally the other day, Frank Wright being fired. They put Sam Ellinger in. He's awful. They, also, they said he's going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. I don't know why you would proclaim that after week seven. You also have Nick Foles on the roster. Just the combination, uh, all of it, I am just, I can't believe that it's gone this poorly. They just – there was not – I don't know, from the podcast I listen to, from the stuff that I read and from our conversations – I didn't get a lot of uh you know evaluation of the Colts being a complete just mess of a team. So yeah, that's that's one yeah. for me.
0: Straight up shocking, like what yeah. Said. Like even like the, the, all their strengths have become weaknesses, like they have Quentin Nelson who's are like almost like he's a top two guard in football, transcendent guard. Even he is struggling. I'm seeing clips of yeah. him getting beat, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on there? Like it, it, it runs deep, and it, I'm shocked, man, the fact Matt Ryan yeah, couldn't they, get it done. goes Matt Ryan is really cooked. Because it seemed like the perfect situation. I thought they were potentially contenders in the AFC, a stacked AFC. And they yeah.
1: beat the they beat the Chiefs in one of the most ridiculous box score <laughs> games of the of the year, right? But they somehow did it, and they thought, okay, maybe they can figure it out. They've just been they've been unwatchable. They have this weird game this week against the Raiders. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen in that one? I, I yeah, they're fucked
0: for sure. Okay, same, we'll go same order as last time. Um, MVP. I I'm just gonna kick it off. So we go rapid fire. My MVP or the MVP of like, whatever. I think it's Howie Roseman and and the job oh. he did in, <laughs> in in Philly, man, rebuilding that team. And I think it's That's great. immediately paying dividends. And I think coming into the year. Before it even started, it was obvious on paper. We talked about it, about how dynamic they had the potential of being. I didn't believe or (coughs) I didn't believe I wasn't sure or sold that Jalen Hurts could do it yet. And and I'm still not fully because we'll see what kind of competition they end up dealing with down down the the line. But uh, boy, could could this the, the product they're putting on the field on both sides of the ball couldn't be a stronger support for the general manager and the job he's done to quickly, quickly rebuild there and just deal with what he's. What he's got in front of him, and then go out and get what he needs. Unbelievable job building from the inside out.
1: Remember when they took Hurts, and Wentz was all butt hurt about it? And it's like I remember thinking, like, you're fine, Carson Wentz. Like they yeah. took a quarter, you know what I mean? You're you're the guy. You you you've been playing well. You've had a great start to your career. Well, Carson was on to something. I think Carson knew. I think Carson uh, watched his own tape and he watched the Jalen Hurts tape because yeah. holy shit, look at how much a better position Philly's in with him versus getting rid of Wentz, right? So, I mean, don't even need to say it, it's like how much better Hurts is.
2: Yeah, shout out to them for also just, like, realizing, like, this is not just a one-year thing and we can we can be good for multiple years. Yes. At least, like, literally having this. Going to get, AJ, going get AJ Brown. Yeah, going to get A.J. Brown, just being like, yeah, we got to invest. So, like, we have yeah. to invest. But, like, also, like, having the Saints over a barrel being like, we'll give you Alvin Kamara if you give us our pick back. Like, yeah. and them not doing it. Them just being like, no, we want two picks this uh, this draft. Like, yeah. they, in the first round, like, they're going to be uh, a problem for a yeah. foreseeable future. Um, I can go quick. My MVP is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys go with your Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes takes. I think Lamar Jackson's literally dragging one of the worst offensive teams that has ever been assembled um, to a playoff spot and possibly more. If he gets like, that's a team that like, if they get hot at the right time, um, their defense seemed to have turned a corner last uh, on Monday night as well, too, with Roquan Roquan Smith. um, Just, the stats on Lamar just being the engine of an offense in an NFL just – it doesn't even make sense. It's Iverson-esque at this point.
0: <laughs> Iverson-esque. Oh, I like that.
1: Great comparison. Yeah. I, I like the Lamar pick. I was more going based on who I think is actually going to win. Yeah, And I, I got Jalen Hurts, man. I think they're going to be like 16-1. And, and Yeah, they,
2: they, sh- they shouldn't lose.
1: Yeah, I think the, maybe the only time they're a dog is when they're at Dallas. But uh, and that's like week twelve or thirteen, I believe. Um, if I had to pick someone else, it would be Mahomes, especially with this Allen injury. Mahomes is unbelievable, um, and he's leading the league in passing. All that I, I think it's still very possible that he wins. But if it is a case where Kansas City's twelve and five, but Philly's sixteen and one, or something like that, and and, and Hertz keeps accounting for three touchdowns every game. I think there's a very good chance that he wins it, which would just be absolutely incredible. So that's what I'm going with right now.
0: Yeah, sorry, I kind of fucked that up. Not picking a player, I guess. So like uh no, no, just, we, we no it's we don't know what kind of themes. It's, it's good, okay. Man. Right. But, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we got did we oh most disappointing, most disappointing so far this year. Um I like 10 bay bucks. I, let's move on. Yeah, no, yeah, shit, right. <laughs> like, I feel like that was the whole first half of the show. So like Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos to me, like, oh, yeah. Mainly I'm zeroed in on Russ. I mean, Scott was way more apprehensive to crown them as uh, than we were, Bodan. Like, because <clears throat> um, we've been on that what George Patton's been building there in Denver on the roster, guys like Sertan and just all these players he's put in positions that we've been hyping up. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson, not, not just on the field, off the field, everything he's done. And again, this is music to Scott's ears because Scott's been on the Russell Wilson cringe bandwagon he's been oh the conductor god. of that train for years now and i'm kind of like oh yeah really like now i'm just like oh god it's it's reached unbelievable levels yeah. of nauseatingness and uh yeah Russ is, is the most disappointing for me you can throw aaron Rodgers in there tom brady quarterbacks man bet quarterbacks getting stomped matt ryan yeah. fuck yeah a changing of the guard i think uh, for me like
2: i'll just piggyback off of that like my most disappointing was afc west football just in general. I mm-hmm. um, literally good. thought that That's I really would good. not miss a game of that. I'm very happy missing games of that. Um, definitely don't need to watch the Chargers. Like, they're just injured, and when they are out there, they're just not going to put it together. Um, the you know Raiders, what? who I honestly thought would be one of – I have a fucking ticket that I wish I could cash out of the Raiders being the most uh, the highest-scoring offense this year. Um, oh. They are horrendous. Like That's a fun bet. Yeah, it was it was a fun bet. That would have been yeah. a nice little like little four digit little comeback, right? A little payout,
1: or yeah, um, they, yeah. Heard, uh, but Chargers yeah. hurt, Raiders blowing leads, Broncos doing whatever the fuck. And like, talk about people outthinking themselves before the season. Uh, yeah. Anyone not taking the Chiefs, you know, like totally. Guess what we know? Guess what we've seen? And I know. I guess I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because of. Uh, I said how how quickly a thing can change in this league. But we knew there wasn't going to be a Reed Mahomes drop off, which is yeah. really what it comes down to, right? So, yeah, bo, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, um, and
2: like the the cherry on that is like the Chiefs are like they're good, but like it's not fun. Like it's fun to watch them, but like there's no big plays anymore. Like it's not like the ball isn't zipping through the air for Tyreek Hill 90 yarder anymore, like. And that's just like the Kadarius Tony trade is not the solve to that for me. So
0: it's the Mahomes. It's the Mahomes show right now. Totally. It, it Point guard, there.
2: like ultra game manager. I can pinpoint the ball anywhere on this field. And if you're open, even a sliver, I'll get it to you within 15 yards. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not as fun as the Tyreek Hill days. That's that's what I'll say about that offense. Well, no, yeah, that,
0: team, that team is a disappointment now when you see how good Tyreek Hill is on his own and how good Pat is on his own. We all know Kelsey. True. I mean, those three together should have multiple, like more Super Bowls. No doubt. Yeah. Sorry, Scotty, go.
1: Oh no. Um, I think mine would have to be biggest disappointment. I had a couple written down here, but I'm just gonna go with Green Bay. The yeah. fact that they are not only just not the top of their division, or you know, contending, they're they're out and out bad, and they've had bad injury luck, and I know that comes, but even even earlier when they were healthy, they they just had no. They have no pop. They have nothing to them. Um, not fun to La- watch. Not fun to watch. Rogers is like a, such a petulant kind of a dickhead. Him and the La- the him and Lafleur relationship seems not good at all. Uh, and they're bad man. And I I once again I I spoke to this earlier about thinking defenses are you know going to translate year to year. I was pretty pretty sure about the Green Bay defense. They're not very good. They're okay. And you know they just lost for Sean Gary for the year, I believe, which which doesn't help. Um, now they're being put in tough spots because they're behind in every game because they can't get out to a league because Rodgers has no one to throw the ball and it's all related, or no one to throw the ball to and it's all related. But seeing the Packers this bad is just is is really something else. Also, I took them in in a wins pool that I had with my first pick, so that's that's probably where most of the disappointment comes from. But yeah, I mean they suck.
0: Lots of candidates for most disappointing. My dude, there really are, and it makes me feel yeah. better as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers supporter. And, and so I, I mean, covered the team because I'm like, holy shit, Packers, Broncos, lots of sh- dude. The Bengals, the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that chase injury hurts. That chase injury hurts. Looked like they were starting to come together. Up and bit. down, they looked awful against the Browns on that whatever
2: that Thursday night it was, whatever yeah. it was. They were yeah, really but bad.
1: then then they come back and absolutely kick the shit out of the out of the panthers right everyone yeah nobody does the same thing two weeks in a row it seems like right like, like i don't know so many yeah. group chats it's like how do they how are they doing this this week they did whatever last week it's like well just read this read the text that's what happens every time so anyway weird <laughs> league sure. very tough league
0: and uh on that note, and I, you know, I missed something in the intro. Not yeah. only did I not plug any of uh, our stuff, but I, I didn't even introduce it as this is our sixty sixth sixth episode. It's our Ryan Jensen
1: uh. Jensen
0: episode. So that's a big one. We missed you, Big Red. Get back in here, fella. No kidding. Hopefully, Let's your go. sleep apnea is coming around, and you're getting lots of good rest. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, make sure, please, folks, whoever's listening, to like and subscribe to the our YouTube channel, Bucks Banter YouTube channel. You can catch us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And please check out my work over at BucksGameDay.com, the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You see our Twitter handles on the screen. Hit us up with a follow there. We love to engage. Thank you for listening to the Bucks Banter podcast. We look forward to speaking again soon. Go Bucks. Prost.